गुरुदेव की जाय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जाय श्री गिरिराज महाराज की जाय श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलादेव सुभाद्री जाय तिरुबाप महोत्सव तिथि ಕಥಾಂತುದೇ for a very good reason we are interrupting in one sense only <laughs> our flow of of harikatha in, in connection to mahaprabhu's experience of jagannath puri to in order to invoke some words in connection to the sacred disappearance divine tirubhav of sri pandit goswami gadadhar prabhu which again has as we will see has a lot to do with jagannath puri since gadadhar pandit disappear from our mortal vision in sri jagannath puri so <clears throat> today we are celebrating this tirupap which happened to be according to uh, contemporary timing in the year 1535 so you can make your numbers how much this gadadhar pandit disappearing how long from how long and today in the morning let's remember keep in in mind very mind the connection between today's morning class and today's evening class today in the morning we will speaking about chilatakur bhaktivinoda tirubap mahotsav which is intimately connected with other pandits tirubap the two of them actually propad bhakti siddhanta he he had some particular vision seeing the two of them really intimately connected one another but not being a, a very interesting expression and manifestation of gadadhar pandit himself and he he composed the the pranam mantra to for, to his gurudev bhakti not takur how to say the pranam mantra namo bhakti vinodaya satchidananda namine gora shakti swarupaya rupanuga varayate so he say gora shakti swarupaya so who is gora shakti swarupaya <laughs> other than gadadhar pandit so he saw bhakti notakura as a very unique representation of of sri gadadhar prabhu and of course as we mentioned bhakti notakura himself worshiped gadadhar pandit along with mahaprabhu in in ingodrum sri sri gor gadadhar where bhakti notes ista devata so today in the morning we mentioned how after speaking a little bit about the life of bhakti notakura how bhakti notakura made this like unusual statement and the end of his life i would like to leave this world where kurukshetra so and we try to explain why he said that we connected that with krishna's being there for the solar eclipse and rather trying meeting him but we been not able to meet him and she being in such a necessity of receiving service receiving support from her intimate most intimate and dearest mm-hmm. So interestingly he's leaving this world with this statement I would like to leave from this world and enter for a turn into into a portal where my mistress my uh, swamini is in this 
great necessity of service and I can be there to provide something. So simultaneously, he, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, is worshipping she, <laughs> Sri Radha, in the form of Gadadhar. Because Gadadhar Pandit is none other than Srimati Radha herself. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur is worshipping. Because again, he said, I want to live in Kurukshetra uh, with this idea in mind. But as we know, he didn't live the world from Kurukshetra. He, he left his body, but in good room, worshipping Gadadhar. <laughs> And we could say there's no, there's some, what's a connection there? So again, Sirada and Kurucheta, Sirada, the idea is Radha and Kurucheta is one way of speaking about Sirada in her most needy moment, or one of them. <laughs> but Gadadhar, Sirada's Gadadhar in Gorlila, we could say that's Sirada in one of her most needy moments as well. And he left in that particular portal, if you will. Because if there is necessity of service, we spoke today about that, no? As much as I perceive a necessity of service, I will be able to develop an identity as a servant by the way of identifying with that necessity. So Krishna has, is so needy, we spoke today in the morning about that. <laughs> Shirada as well, because if Krishna is needy, she is needy because her needs are his needs. She's, he, she lives only to identify with Krishna's needs. So when Krishna has a particular need called, I want to taste Radhavav, <laughs> that's the necessity in the life of Krishna. As my Guru Maharaj will say, that's Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu is Krishna in existential crisis, basically. No? Like totally affected about who I am, what's who, I mean, what, what she experiencing in, uh, regarding to me. I do not know that. I would like to taste that, how to do that, and so on. No? recalibrating his own sense of self, basically. So, the point is, Krishna as Mahaprabhu is the absolute, as we will say, in his most vulnerable moment, with such a deep, delicate necessity, but as we, as we also say, he's the absolute in the most volcanic moment. Mahaprabhu is compared to a volcano. So he's vulnerable, and he's volcanic. That's a teaching for us sadhakas. If we, are, if we learn to be properly vulnerable, that will show us our highest type of empowerment. Vulnerability and empowerment are connected, if we really properly understand. <laughs> so Mahaprabhu is Krishna in his most upgraded form. Krishna Dhaka Swami describes like this. Mahaprabhu is Paratattva Simma. Paratattva Simma means the ultimate reach of the Absolute. It's an interesting way of... When, when Krishna Dhanabhiras basically says Mahaprabhu is above Krishna himself. I mean, he is Krishna himself. But it's Krishna his ultimate, most upgraded, maximized expression. Krishna knowing himself on a level that he didn't know himself as Krishna in Vrindavan. <laughs> Try to understand this point. It's quite deep, I know, and, and, and complex and esoteric, but Mahaprabhu is our deity. So we need to somehow try to really understand in some way who he is. So, again, if Krishna's Mahaprabhu is in such a need, then immediately Radha, as Gadadhar, is in such need as well. You follow my point. I mean, Krishna's, Radha's need follow Krishna's need. Whatever Krishna needs, she is. That's her need. She makes that need her own. Because she lives only to satisfy Krishna's necessities. I mean, He's sort of Shakti personified. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So in other words, Gadadhar Pandit is Sri Radha in the moment of her greatest necessity. Why? Because she is serving Krishna in the moment of his greatest necessity as Mahaprabhu. So his necessity becomes her necessity. But amplified. This is Gaur Lila. All those things that we find in Krishna Lila, amplified, extended. So this is Gaur Lila, and this is a unique contribution of Sri Gadadhar, as we will see. Because who is Gadadhar Pandit? I won't enter into detail today too much about that. I would like to concentrate on his last days. But Gadadhar Pandit is, of course, again, Sri Radha and Gaur Lila. And being that she's Sri Radha and Gaur Lila, and Gaur Lila is all about Krishna tasting Radha Bhav. I mean, if Krishna wants to taste Radha Bhav, I mean, that depends on the one who possesses Radha Bhav. <laughs> the fact that Krishna wants to taste Radha Bhav means he doesn't have it. So, who is the owner of that Radha Bhav? Radha. <laughs> so, she's the one who will give that to him in the form of Gadadhar. So, Gadadhar is really the pers- that personality which allows Gaur Lila to make sense, basically. Which allows Mahaprabhu to be successful and taste the Radha Bhav. Without Gadadhar Pandit, there is no Gaur Lila. So strictly speaking, Gadadhar Pandit is the most important figure of the whole Gaur Lila. And Gaur Lila is the most important Lila. So today, we are celebrating Gadadhar Pandit's days. In one sense, this is the most important day of the whole year for us. <laughs> Understanding in this way. Again, Gadadhar is totally low profile. That's the most cryptic, enigmatic, and unknown person of the whole Gaur Lila almost. The one that... Y- we, we recite the Panchatattva mantra and so on, but if you go to Shastra, the person it's spoken the least about, that's Gadadhar Pandit. Because it, Gadadhar is Shirada, but appearing in a, in a mood corresponding to the need of the Lila. Again, remember, we are to serve Bhagavan according to the need of the Lila, to the mood he is in, or to the mood he wants to be in, in this case, as Gorlila. So Shirada immediately adapts according to the necessity of the moment. So what's the necessity of the moment again? My Shirada will, will think, no? My beloved wants to taste my, my Bab, but my Bab is so powerful, as we know. <laughs> so she tells to Krishna, well, this is too much. You want, taste, you want this project to happen? And you don't know what this will make to you. You will end the floor rolling and crying, and your body will be smashed on the floor and on the walls. And I cannot even think about such a thing may happen to your lotus-like tender body. So we know Shirada embraces Krishna and covers him with her own complexion. And that's why Krishna appears with the golden complexion of Shirada. He's called Gauranga. She's called Gaurangi. Mahaprabhu is called Gauranga. He with the golden limbs. limbs. And yeah, he's trying to taste Radhabhava and he gradually is tasting Radhabhava and it is said that Gadadhar Pandit Sri Radha as Gadadhar, is allowing him to taste Radhabhava in installments, sustainable installments <laughs> because he becomes overwhelmed more and more and more and more. And the more Mahaprabhu is tasting Radhabhava the more Gadadhar Pandit is disappearing more and more and more. And there is one point in Gorlila when nothing is said about Gadadhar Pandit. Radhapandit has totally disappeared. And Mahaprabhu is bathing in the glory of tasting Radhabhava. At the end of the... We'll speak about that a little bit on 
on our last discussion when we will speak about Shikshastagam and the last days of Mahaprabhu. But again, some trailer here to, to guarantee that you will be here that day. <laughs> so, the point is that when Mahaprabhu is bathing in the glory of tasting Radha Baba at the end of his manifest pastime, we do not hear anything about Gadara. But Gadara is behind the curtains allowing all that to happen, facilitating. Is Radha giving her bab more and more and more so her Krishna is able to be successful in this like ambitious, ambitious, you say? Project. But without taking any glory for herself. He's not like, hey, I am the one allowing all this to happen. <laughs> Gadar is totally disappeared behind the curtain. And Mahaprabhu, all the lights, the light, how say lime lights are Mahaprabhu. But if properly understood, we will see no, all the glory is for Gadadar ultimately. <laughs> the main glory. He's allowing that to happen. So this is a very important contribution he's making. Uh, so today we want to share some some glimpses regarding Gadadar's Pandit service disposition. Hmm? When, again, he's totally identified with the need of Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu is God. I mean, we, let's begin with us. No? That will help us to identify. <laughs> we are here in this world trying to stop being Prakriti and becoming Purusha in, in technical terms. No? We have Prakriti and Purusha. Purusha is like the enjoyer, let's say, and Prakriti is that which is to be enjoyed. So we don't like the idea of being enjoyed, so we want to enjoy. So we try to step into the shoes of being Purusha. But actually to say there's only one Purusha, and it's not us, just in case. No? Because if I say there's only one Purusha, you may wonder who, who among us may be the Purusha. No? I want to be that, so not Greg, not Samananda, not Onkar, but the other one will think, I want to be that. So that's when the competition and the friction comes in this world. But the solution is, none of you is the Purusha, so you can relax a little bit. <laughs> so, Purusha is Bhagavan, Purushottam, Supreme Person, Supreme Enjoyer, and we are Prakriti. We are to be enjoyed by the Supreme Enjoyer. If we are enjoyed by the Supreme Enjoyer, that's fine. The problem is when we are enjoyed by not the Supreme Enjoyer. <laughs> that, and, we, and we will, and what to speak, when we try to be the Supreme Enjoyer, like we make the problem even bigger. But interestingly, in Gaur Lila, the Supreme Enjoyer, Purushottam, is teaching, I want to taste the higher thing, and for that I need to throw away this Purusha Bhav, myself. I'm Purushottam, I need to throw away Purusha Bhav, and I will want to taste Prakriti Bhav, which is Radha Bhav, Paraprakriti Bhav. So he's showing to us, you all, you want to be Purusha, I'm Purusha, I'm throwing away that idea, I want to taste what does it feel to be Prakriti. What does it feel to be a devotee, basically? Gorlila is telling us that message. All of you want to be God. God says, I want to be a devotee. <laughs> Did you get it? He's trying to say to us, Mahaprabhu. You had the chance of being a devotee. I want to be a devotee. I want to put aside my God side. I want to taste what does it feel to be a devotee. Of course, when God wants to be a devotee, He won't be just... A a, a Kanishta Bhakta or something like this. <laughs> he will be the devotee par excellence. <laughs> so again, Mahaprabhu is giving on one side, throwing away, putting aside his Purusha Bhav and trying to taste Prakriti Bhav. And the other Pandits, they're allowing all that to happen by giving his or her Asrada 
own nature and bhava. So Krishna is tasting that more and more and more. But again, today we want to mainly concentrate on, since today is the disappearance day of Godadar Prabhu, some months ago we celebrated in North Carolina his appearance day, and share some words in that regard, but today we want to concentrate on his disappearance day, since there are some important things to share regarding his, the last chapters of his life. And to begin with, interestingly, Sri Gadadhar Pandit disappeared on a day like today, which according to the lunar calendar is which day? Amavasya. So Amavasya means new moon. You have middle moon, full moon, and so on. So today is Amavasya, which means new moon. New moon means no moon, basically. <laughs> and interestingly, Gadadhar Pandit disappears in Amavasya, and Gadadhar Pandit appears in Amavasya. And in two parts of the year, today, and maybe one, maybe more, more, as much, two months back or something, appeared, which in, in both days, the season corresponds in India with the hot summer. So very dark day and very hot. <laughs> so our chairs have drawn some poetical analogy from here, from all this. And to begin with, he's saying, as, as we have heard sometimes, Krishna appears on which day? Half moon. Astami, Astami. which is half moon. That's why we call Janma Astami. And Sri Radha appears on? Astami also. <laughs> half moon. So we have Astami and Astami. Half moon, half moon. That we, no? You have half moon and there are no? the, two bed, the two halves, no? Radha and Krishna. Together make one moon. So Mahaprabhu, who is Krishna, but wanted to taste Radha Bhav, and in that sense he's Radha and Krishna combined, in that sense he appears on, therefore, full moon. Because the two half moons get together. He's Krishna, he's not Radha, he's Krishna, but in the mood of Radha. So what happens when Radha appears? If she has given her mood to Mahaprabhu, she appears on no moon. Because her half moon was given to to go. <laughs> so we have that poetic analogy there. And again, no moon. No moon means dark. No? Dark. So it represents a very dark situation. No? In, the, in the proper sense of the way, in the sense that Gadadhar again is behind the curtains. No? It's not shining in the limelight like Mahaprabhu is doing, tasting rather. It's, it's appearing more and more and emptying himself out so Mahaprabhu can be successful. In that sense, there is darkness, there is mm -hmm. emptiness. Mm -hmm. And very hot time of the year. No? Like dealing with this intense sacrifice service disposition in the service of his beloved. Mm -hmm. So needy is Mahaprabhu, therefore, so needy is Gadadhar. Mm -hmm. And therefore, so much necessity of service we have in relation to offer to them, basically. <laughs> so this service of Gorgadadar is the topmost pinnacle of devotional dedication, basically. So in this sense, Gadadar represents a form of emptiness, but it's an emptiness that properly understood in, speaks about fullness. And sometimes Buddhists will speak about the, how do you say? The fullness of, of emptiness. So we can apply the same idea here. <laughs> Gadadar represents... The fullness of emptiness. 
she realized emptying herself out, giving all her back to Krishna as Mahaprabhu, but in that emptying herself, in that giving this position, total sacrifice, there's fullness. The, the, the glory of her love for him shines even much more, basically. <clears throat> so in today's song that we shared some minutes ago, that was composed by he depicted some of the main uh, moments of Godadar's life, especially in his last period, because the song in itself was an offering he composed for Sri Godadar's Tirobab, today's disappearance. <clears throat> so let's go there, but briefly, 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 I hope, briefly, <laughs> some brief recap of his life before reaching Puri. You know, Godadar Pandit was born. One, he was one year younger than Mahaprabhu. And they were classmates and friends like from day one, basically, of their manifest Lila and their founding all the early Lila. They were one made for the other, if you will. Remember, it's, they are Radha and Krishna. <laughs> but in a particular Lila and disposition. So they were friends. <clears throat> from childhood, they were classmates. And whenever goal was going, Bishwam Barnimai, Gadara will be there. Gadara was a Vaishnava from birth. Well, I, well, as you know, Mahaprabhu was not that case in the Lila. He was a proud, arrogant pandit during the first time of his life. Mm? But Gadara was so charmed with him. And Mahaprabhu will try to, mm? like to pinch him by trying to debate with him and try and Gadada will like cover his ear and run after Shiradas Gadada appear in a very like mild, you say mild disposition, particular not so much like the Bamya nature that Shirada was showing Brindavan. Like the left wing, if you will, nature sometimes she takes there. <laughs> so according to the need of the Lila, again remember. And he was always with him in Nadia, no? especially as we know when Mahaprabhu started to receive initiation from Ishwar Puri, became officially a Vaishnava, and was driven by madness, divine madness. And at one point, he wanted to even open his chest, trying to look for Krishna. You know the famous story, looking for Krishna, looking for Krishna. And I say, do not go mad looking for Krishna. He's in your heart. And Mahaprabhu looked in his heart and like and try to open and tear apart his chest looking for Krishna, because he's there. And let me meet him. But Gadara was very expert in like calming him down at this moment. So Sachi was saying, oh, he's so expert in in dealing with my Nimai, with my boy. Nobody else has that capacity. So he, she asked, please, Gadara, remain with him always. Do not leave him any and ever, please. I don't know what will happen with him. So Gadara of course, continued in this way. And when Mahaprabhu accepted sannyas and went to Puri, <clears throat> Gadada went there with him as well. And he recited in one place called Tota Gopinath. So we will speak today a little bit about Gadada's uh, reciting in Puri, in Tota Gopinath, and some of his, of his lilas. So it is said that in Puri, now we go back to Puri for a minute, where we were hopefully all these days, and Mahaprabhu was totally invaded, like immersed into divine madness and, and projecting his bab everywhere and seeing, I don't know, Chatak Parvat, which is a little sand dune in Jagannath Puri, which is little sand dune, it's not like a big thing if you are there. <laughs> but he saw, that, he saw that and that became like Udipana or stimulant for, that's Govardhan. No. He was in Radha Bab and seeing Vrindavan here and there. And then he saw the ocean 
it's funny because the sun dunes like this no? and he saw he projected the hill like that and then he saw the ocean which is like this <laughs> and he saw the Jamuna who is relatively smaller than the ocean but he was seeing everything through the lens of, of his Bab more and more and more and more and more so it is said that one day in, in Radha Bab in the mood of separation remember Mahaprabhu is in Radha Bab and mostly in Radha Bab in Vipralamba in the mood of separation that's why he went to Jagannath Puri which is Vipralamba Kshetra or the stage for culturing separation. Jagannath himself is the very deity of separation. You can see how Krishna becomes when he's in separation from Shirada. <laughs> so so at one point he was desperately in the mood of Radha looking for Krishna. Where is my Prananath? Where is my Praneshwa? Where is the Lord of my life? Where? 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 And he started like in this in this case he he was not turning apart his chest, but he started to tear apart the earth and trying to Escape, you say? Excavate, sorry. With his own hands, like looking for Krishna. Try to imagine. We have to reach that level of healthy desperation someday. I mean, I cannot live without Krishna. Where is Krishna? He's here, he's there. Make, bring some tools. We make a hole in the ground and look for Krishna somewhere. <laughs> so interestingly, he was looking for Krishna and started to excavate with his own hands. And at one point he found on earth, the, the, the tip of, of the mukut, like the crown of, of someone. <laughs> so it was the deity of Krishna who was carved in stone. So he found Krishna. He was <laughs> His bab guided him in the proper direction. Generally, you won't excavate something and a deity of Krishna will appear. But when you are guided by proper bhav, wow, magic happens. So, <clears throat> so he found the deity, and, and he called Gadadhar. He said, ah, I found the most precious treasure here. Hmm? Would you like to accept it? So Mahaprabhu gave the deity to Gadadhar as a gift. Hmm? And Gadadhar, of course, agreed. Hmm? So, I mean, at one point it was seen on one level, so Gadadhar helped Mahaprabhu to finally excavate the hole of the deity, and they took it. So Mahaprabhu gave the name of the, to this deity the name of Gopinath. Gopinath. And because this deity appeared on a garden, which in Oriya, Oriya is the language in, of Orissa, which is the area where Jagannath Puri is located, garden is it's called Tota. Tota. So Tota and Gopinath. So the deity nowadays is called Tota Gopinath, basically. And that's when Gadada is giving, uh, Mahaprabhu is giving the deity to Gadada and say, okay. Uh, this is now you have the responsibility of, of worshiping mm. Gadada, Tota Gopina, and never abandon the worship of Tota Gopina. And on top of that, in this context, Gadada, there are different versions, but basically, some say Mahaprabhu gives himself to Gadada Kshetra Sanyas, or Gadada himself accepts Kshetra Sanyas. What Kshetra Sanyas means to accept the order of Sanyas, but with the bow of remaining in one kshetra, which means in one place. Like I accept one bow and I say, I will never leave this place. And generally that's in connection with some of the dhams, not Vrindavan, Puri, Navadvip, like this. I'll stay here for the rest of my life. Like along with the bow of sannyas, the bow of remaining in that sacred spot forever. Of course, Gadadhar did, did this 
when he because accepted this, if you will, or did this, whatever the case, knowing that Mahaprabhu went to Puri. I mean, Mahaprabhu went to Puri to establish his headquarters there. So Gadara said, okay, I made the vow to never leave that place. Which basically means to never leave the service of Mahaprabhu. But after this, I'm going a little bit forward here, as, we, as, you, as you may know. At one point, Mahaprabhu wants to go to Vrindavan. I'm going a little bit forward here, but in this context. He tries. One time, two times, the third time he goes, basically. He tried one time after accepting sannyas immediately. It didn't work for different reasons. Second time, didn't work. He was going with too big of a crowd, and Sanatan Goswami recommended don't go to Vrindavan with a big crowd. And third time, he was able to do that, to go there. We'll speak about that these days. But the point is that when Mahaprabhu is going to Vrindavan, <laughs> Gadar is following him. Because again, his notion is, I will go wherever you go, like a shadow. And Mahaprabhu said, what are you doing? I'm going with you to Vrindavan. No, no, I'm trusted you, to you, the, the worship of Tota Gopina. And you took Shetra Sanyas. I mean, you accepted this vow some months ago, and just you're breaking your vows, like... <laughs> and Gadadra said... Um, Gadadra always was really of a mild nature, non-argumentative and very like... But in this moment, he showed Radha's left wing side, if you will, not like... <laughs> to hell with my Kshetra sannyas, I say, I accepted that sannyas only because you are staying at Jagannath Puri. I mean, if you leave Puri, I don't care for my vows. I mean, my vow is to be with you and to serve you. And so he's making the point, if you accept sannyas, I mean, it's for some other reason, not just for ex- for the sake of sannyas itself. So, that I accepted sannyas, to, that will facilitate my seva to Mahaprabhu. If, it, if sannyas is getting in the way, I break my sannyas. And as we know, Mahaprabhu was so strict in being a strict sannyas himself. <laughs> but Gadara said, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you don't care, Mahaprabhu said, but I care. I do care because people will criticize you and by extension they will criticize me. So do you want me to be criticized? No? <laughs> so he started to, to, to argue in this way and Gadara finally was... Oh. So there was this coming and going. And Gadara continued walking. <laughs> Mahaprabhu said... I go to Vrindavan, do whatever you like. And Gadar followed till he crossed the line of Puri, no? the, 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 the border. So officially, he broke his vow. So Mahaprabhu stopped him and said, Okay, you're happy now? You broke your vow. You made your point. He may want to make a point. You made your point. Now return to Puri. Please. And he started, huh? and eventually Gadadar returns to Puri. He faints, and Mahaprabhu continues walking to Vrindavan. But of course, he Mahaprabhu returns from Vrindavan relatively quickly, so, so it's not that long stay there. We will speak about these days. But the point is, he accepted Shetra Sanyas, somehow he broke the vow. <laughs> but this is the background to that. So Mahaprabhu asked Gadadhar, please stay in this place, Tota Gopina. It's a garden, very beautiful place. If, if you go to Jagannathpuri, that's a very, very, very nice place. There's a very beautiful garden there as well. Jameshwara Tota also called. Jameshwara is one name of Mahadev, Shiva. So he's also uh, presiding on that area. Hmm? So it is say that on a daily basis, Mahaprabhu used to go there to have darshan of Gopinath. Hmm? We'll share that darshan in a few minutes with you. Hmm? 
So it is said that when Mahaprabhu went to went to Jagannath Mandir, to the temple of Sri Jagannath and have darshan of Jagannath, we have to bear in mind who, in which mood he was. So internally Mahaprabhu was in Radhabhav. So when he was seeing Jagannath along with Baladeva and Subhadra, Mahaprabhu in the mood of Sri Radha felt like, how to say, he was not that happy. Because Baladeva is who? Dauji, Krishna's elder brother. So in front of the elder brother, Srirada cannot fully express herself towards Krishna. And Subhadra is not even in Brajalila. Subhadra appears after that, as we know. So it has more to do with Krishna being with um, Balaram and Subhadra in Kurukshetra, as we spoke today. So when Srirada, as we say today in the morning, she goes to Kurukshetra for the solar eclipse, sees Krishna, but Subhadra is there. Balaram is there, and all this royal retinue is there. So Shirad doesn't feel fully like. So she experienced a very intense separation, not being able to unite with Krishna, she will like. And it is said that then Mahaprabhu goes after going to Jagannath, Mandir goes to Gambira, when it is said that she feels like Krishna in Vrindavan, like Radha in Vrindavan, when Krishna is no longer in Vrindavan. In separation. Remember, it's Sri Radha in separation. But when Mahaprabhu goes to Tota Gopinath in Radha Bhav, he feels ah, meeting with Krishna. Or, ah, so he found so much happiness there. With Jagannath, she feels, oh, I'm in Kurukshetra here. When he goes to Gambira, she feels, Krishna's in Mathura, I'm in Vrindavan. All these are different, like, flavors of separation. All these different nuances of Radha Bhav in separation. That's the entry point to Union and then when Mahaprabhu and Radhabab goes to Tota Gopinath, then he finds mm, this is my here is my Gopinath. Mahaprabhu and Radhabab feeling like this, so he finds some relief in Tota Gopinath. There, I have come to Vrindavan. Krishna is in Vrindavan. My Pranath is here. Do you have the picture there? I would like to share you one picture of the deity for those who have not been there. I mean, you have to have this darshan. So uh, we will see that. On what Gopinath is in the center of the altar. Shamananda can do some darshan, moving darshan there. So there we see Gopinath in the center of the altar. And on one side we have Sri Radha on Gopinath's uh, left side. And on the other side we find Lalita. And as we will see, interestingly, the three of them are black. As you can see. No? Gopinath. Pictures are not allowed in Totogopinath, so you, we own some credit to whoever took the picture in a clandestine way. <laughs> and I know those are not allowed because once we were there and one devotee, without knowing, picked the camera and the pujari started to scream like, like nothing. Did you take the picture from that? No, 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 no. No, no, there was no chance of any picture. There was a camera like this and it was over. <laughs> so, here we have... Gopinath in the center, and on one side Shirada, and on one side Lalita, all of them in black, interestingly. Because it is said that both Radha, I mean, of course, the, with Krishna, it's natural, he will be blackish, but what about Radha and Lalita? So it is said that due to deep absorption in, in Krishna, sometimes they assume this particular complexion, hmm? Tadatmya, this is called. For example, after Rasa Lila, 
or during Rasa Lila when Krishna disappears, the gopis at one point not only it is a tanmanaskas tadalapas tadbichesas tadadmika tadunami bagayantyon admagaranisas. So the gopis start to think about Krishna, start to speak about Krishna, start to imitate the pastimes of Krishna, and at one point they felt themselves Krishna in, in that absorption, and they started to develop their the same hue, hue, mm -hmm. hue of, of Krishna. Mm -hmm. So in some moments this is happening. As we will find sometimes deities of Krishna being white also. You have seen some of them. Radha and Krishna, the two are white, because in that case it's say Krishna is so absorbed in meditating on Sri Radha that sometimes her own complexion will, will come there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even Sri Radha in the mood of deep, deep Tadatme absorption in Krishna, she will not only acquire this particular complexion, but also like take a flute and, and, and adopt the Trivanga posture, curve, crooked in three, and in same way. Now, so this is the mood that is prevalent, prevalent, yeah, prevalent in in Tota Gopinath when you see Radha and Lalita. So now, interestingly, you may have seen the picture. I don't know if you noticed that. Let's see how good of observers you are. What else did you see there that was really worthy of attention? She's Apart from the fact, no, no, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully nobody cared what Bhakti said. <laughs> so, apart from the fact that Radha and Lalita are black complexion, what else have you seen there? Reply as if Bhakti Shakti didn't say that. <laughs> Too late, right? <laughs> what to do? So, as Bhakti Shakti said, <laughs> Gopinath is, we could say, the only deity of Krishna who appears in Padmasana. Padmasana means like this sit cross legged and not standing like usual. Krishna is curved, curved, you say, crooked in three forms, standing, but he's sitting on the floor with the cross legged. So. The question may be, what's the background? <laughs> so there's, there's an interesting story in that connection and in connection to Gadadhar Pandit, of course. So we'll share it with your permission. So this has to do with Gadadhar Pandit's uh, last years, basically. So this is... Uh, when Mahaprabhu left this world, here we are going again a little bit forward of our daily narration in Puri, <laughs> So Mahaprabhu left his world when he was 48 years old. So at that point, Gadadhar Pandit was 47, again, one year less. And he remained in this world, I think, like 10 or 11 months only. He was not able to, to tolerate the separation from Mahaprabhu. And for some reason, we will see, only for some reason he remained in this world, also, with some mission that was ascribed to him. So it is said that although he had 47 years old, due to, he was, how do you say in English, emaciated mm -hmm. no? by separation, so he seemed like if he were like, whatever, 125 years or something, no? totally like curved and like in separation, burning in separation. From so it is said that he started to curve, you say, like this or what? Stooped. Stooped? Okay. <clears throat> so when you see Tota Gopinath and, and, and it's on Padmasana, he's already relatively big. So you can imagine you know, if that deity will be standing 
I will be really big. And the point is that originally Tota Gopina was not in Padmasana. <laughs> originally Tota Gopina was standing as usual. Krishna crooked in three parts, standing, playing the flute. So he was relatively tall. But Gadadhar Pandit became so much emaciated and consumed by the fire of separation that one, and he was the pujari of Tota Gopina. He was daily worshipping by the ser- Mahaprabhu gave that service to him. And he was not able to properly attend the deity. He was not able to reach and put a garland to Tota Gopina. So at one point he reached this conclusion. I, I'm not yet I'm not anymore able to continue this seva to Tagurji. So I will organize for someone else to do that. Someone taller, if you will. <laughs> someone who will be able to do everything properly. I'm too much emaciated and consumed. So I will he decided that one night <clears throat> without telling that to anyone. So he goes to sleep. <laughs> huh? Dream comes again. So in the dream, Tota Gopinat appears and asks Gadadhar, Why are you leaving me? <laughs> Why are you stopping my seva? I want you to be my sevaka. And Gadadhar says, But Prabhu, I'm, look at me. I cannot even put your garland to you. I'm totally useless already for performing this service. So please accept someone else. And Tota Gopinat said, No, only you. And if, it, if, if the problem is that you are not able to reach me to properly put a garland, no problem. You remain as you are, I will make the, the adjustments. So to say the next day that other wakes up, goes to the altar, to the Gopinas, is seated in Padmasana <laughs> to facilitate, to receive the service of his beloved Pujari. So, Sri Tota Gopinat Ki <clears throat> it is said that in connection to this, of course, some other reason that is gi- being given <clears throat> after Gadadhar Pan de- passed away from this world for a moment, I will go forward again. Uh, the seva of Tota Gopinath was given to another devotee called Mamu Thakur. Mm-hmm. Mamu Thakur, mm-hmm. who at that time was had like 80 years or so, he was an old Vaishnava. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there is some people who think, who say that actually Tota Gopinath went in Padmasana for Mamutakur because he was quite old also. But generally the, the Gaudiya reasoning in this way is like, no, it cannot happen, I mean it cannot happen, it can happen but the point is, the main point here is Sri Krishna will only go down in front of Sri Radha. With Sri Radha and Gordila, Gadada. So only Krishna, as we said the other day, Dehi Pada Palabhamudara. Krishna may be with so many gopis, doing so many things, but only he puts his head on the ground at the feet of Sri Radha, nobody else. No. So this is the, like the spirit of, of this Lila. No? Krishna himself is going down hmm, to receive hmm, the service of, of, of Sri Radha, Sri Gadada Pan in this case. Hmm? And interestingly, if one goes there nowadays, especially there is one morning darshan, like 7 a.m. or something, uh, another extra feature for Tota Gopinath, because, again, I'm going forward here for a minute, in connection to Mahaprabhu's passing away from this world, there are different theories about how Mahaprabhu passed away. Some will say that he entered the ocean in Puri, some will say that he entered the deity of Jagannath, 
but the most, I would say, accepted theory is that he merged into the deity of Tota Gopina. So in one sense, we have Mahaprabhu there also. <laughs> so at the mor in the morning, there's one darshan that they give, and you can see like a little uh, like golden line hmm, on the, how do you call this part? Knee. knee. On the right knee of Gopinath. Hmm? Maybe giving a good dakshina also in between. <laughs> you can have the darshan. And it is said that on that line is that Mahaprabhu enter. No? That the golden line represents here the golden Lord hmm? entering to the deity worship by, by Godadar himself. No? So it shows how much Mahaprabhu was fond hmm? of Godadar. Hmm? Bhaktivinoda Thakur mentions that when Mahaprabhu disappeared from this world, that his vision, that he seated, he seated, he sat. He sat. Mm -hmm. Sorry. <laughs> In the asana <clears throat> that Gadada used to give Bhagavatam classes, and from there he became one, if you will, with Gopinath also. <clears throat> so since we mentioned this asana and Gadada Pandit giving classes, also this is some important feature that happened on a daily basis in this total Gopinath temple, which is what? Bhagavatam classes? Morning Bhagavatam classes? We know this morning Bhagavatam classes. <laughs> that happens because Gadadhar Pandi was giving these classes on a daily basis to, to Mahaprabhu in Jagannath Puri. Gadadhar Pandi again is Shirada herself giving Bhagavat class to Krishna. No? Krishna is going and taking lessons from Shirada. What's the meaning of the Bhagavat? Because the Bhagavatam, as my Guru Maharaj will say, is not about Krishna. It's about love for Krishna. And of course, when you speak about love for Krishna, then you have Krishna for sure. You can speak about Krishna without love for Krishna, and you don't have either of them. <laughs> and when you go to love for Krishna, Krishna is included in the, in the equation, if you will. Hmm? So on a daily basis, Gadadhar Pandit will recite. And this happens eternally in Nityanavadip as well, not only in Puri, but in Nityanavadip. Daily Bhagavatam class and Krishna. I mean, Shisha Guru Nath Radhikar Being the Shirada is Krishna's guru, basically, in, in, the, in the school of love. So in the Gorlila, this continues in this way. <clears throat> Shiradas Gadadhar instructs Mahaprabhu. But interestingly, what is mentioned is that the main topics that Gadadhar will speak in his Bhagavad classes were not necessarily the tenth canto of the Bhagavatam and the Rasa Panchadhyay, Rasa Lila, and all these intimate Madhurya like sections, but Prahlad Charit, Dhruva Charit. Charit means like the attributes of Prahlad and Dhruva. These sections that sometimes are seen as, I mean, great, incredible, but not so high, if you will, in comparison to Braja Lila. So one may ask, like, why? I mean, why Prahlad and Dhruva Charit? I mean, Gadadhar is giving class to Mahaprabhu. You may imagine this must be the topmost esoteric thing on earth. What might they be speaking about? And they are speaking about Prahlad Maharaj and Dhruva Maharaj, which generally is seen as, again, a more preliminary section that prepares ourselves to enter into the ultimate like idea of the Bhagavatam. And of course, one could say on one level there are, there are different interpretations for this. On one level, Mahaprabhu and Gadadhar himself are teaching us if you want the real thing, first you have to go 
through all these things who are also part of the real thing. Now, we have been speaking some <clears throat> weeks ago in North Carolina about Bhakti Nautakur's prayers to Nushimhadev in the context of Raganuga Bhakti. How important is all that Prahlad represents for us to create a foundation for our Raganuga Bhakti temple. Prahlad Maharaj represents fearlessness of high universal compassion, selflessness, absence of enjoying a spirit. So all those things have to be there as a foundation to the temple. Maybe you see a temple and you don't see the foundation. So you may not appreciate that, but you know, I mean, there there has to be a foundation. If not, we wouldn't remain alive here now. <laughs> so similarly, sometimes it is say, Prahlad Maharaj represents Santa Rasa, and these attributes had to do with Santa Rasa. And Mahaprabhu came to give Charibab, Nudasi Sakya Vatsali Madhurya, not Santa Rasa. So Santa Rasa is out of the equation, but actually it's not out of the equation altogether. It's not just operative, playing itself out in the Lila, but it's there as a foundation to the whole Lila. <laughs> you follow? You don't see that in the Lila. As you don't see the foundation of the, of the flat, no? but it's there. And somehow, <laughs> you follow. So one will say, okay, that's the reason why they were speaking Pralat Charit, Dhruva Charit, to instruct us on that foundational level. And Okay. But in a, in a higher way, in a higher level, there's another reason why Pralat was speaking hundreds of times, it is say, hundreds of times, this Pralat Charit. I remember seeing one video, maybe you have seen that, that's nice, from Srila Bhakti Balap Tirta Maharaj. Uh, he was describing how Prahlad Maharaj will describe, <coughs> sorry, Gadal Pandit will describe Prahlad Charit to Mahaprabhu one time, and Mahaprabhu will say, again. So he will recite a second time, Mahaprabhu will say, again. And he will recite hundreds of time, times the same, quote-unquote, the same, quote-unquote, story. And then Bhaktivala Turta Maharaj says, at this point he was almost screaming, and say, <laughs> if you heard this story of Prahlad hmm, once or twice, and you think, I already know that. Tell me something new. You have never heard the story of Prahlad yet. You don't have a clue about that. Mahaprabhu was hearing and retasting that hundreds of times again, again. So that's another point he's making there. Do not think, I already know Seventh Canto, Prahlad Charit, yeah. Does it go to the 10th canto? Mm. Oh, I already know 10th canto. What else is there available? <laughs> I'm ready for more. <laughs> Mahaprabhu will say, again, please, again. Humbly crying, imploring Gadadhar one more time. And he's finding so much newer layers of meaning in those same sections. So, <clears throat> But on a higher level... <laughs> This is quite intimately connected with what Mahaprabhu is all about internally. Mahaprabhu is Krishna tasting Radhavab. So what's, what does imply to taste Radhavab means to taste all that Radha's daily experience implies. <clears throat> and as we spoke recently, I think, on the class, our lecture on Brahma Gita last Monday, or maybe the previous Monday, the Prem of Sri Radha and the Prem in itself, especially the one in Parakia, is, is really nourished by obstacles. The nature of Prem, says the Prem Samput, is that 
whatever obstacles come on the way, Prem fits on them. Without Prem, obstacles may discourage us. Oh, this happened. Oh, oh, I, oh, I won't turn rounds today. I'm depressed. Or whatever. <laughs> but if you have Prem, you have the greatest obstacles on earth. And all of them are representing further impetus to, to progress to your, towards your goal. So, in the daily life of Sri Radha, there are so many obstacles. So many obstacles. Starting at home. Jatila, Kutila, Abhimanju, hmm? a whole bunch of dysfunctional fellows. There. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? Jatila means crooked. And jata, jata means in Sanskrit when you have like you don't you don't you don't uh, comb your head if you have long hair, you don't comb your head. At one point, it becomes a jata, which uh, means like a dreadlock. Mm. Mm. So, how do you call that? Entangled. Entangled, yeah, like... So, j- Jatila means someone whose mind is like that. No? Dreadlock like mind. <laughs> no? Entangled. And Kutila means crooked. Ayeri Bhagatim Premna Swabhava Kutila. So, Kutila means... Crooked, like a crooked mentality. And Abhimanju also means someone who is has lots of Abhiman. Abhiman means like, yeah, ego. I'm this and want that, and I'm always thinking I want to expand my cattle. I want to have more and more cows and more wealth. And so a whole bunch of these functional fellows in the daily life of Trinidad. And of course, all of them opposed, of course, not knowing or suspecting. I will say that she has some connection with Krishna. <laughs> so constantly looking on them, constantly on her, sorry, and on them, and distrusting her completely over and over and over again. So on a daily, and on a daily basis, at the same time, she has to meet Krishna. I mean, she cannot survive without meeting him. But she has to sort all these obstacles on a daily basis and to find a new, a new idea, a new excuse we are being thrown to Mexico somewhere. <laughs> 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 Jagannath Puri. <laughs> okay, no problem. Some extra spice to the masala. <laughs> so, she has to sort out all these daily obstacles in order to meet Krishna. She has to find a good reason, quote-unquote, to go out of the house and explain herself why she was late every single day of her life <laughs> in such a way that she's never caught. So it's a constant struggle, but a struggle in the healthiest struggle, increasing her longing and facilitating eventually her meeting with Krishna. So my point here is that that's it. Mahaprabhu is Krishna Radhavab. So he wants to taste Radhavab means to go through all these experiences that she herself goes through. So in order to help him to empathize with that, that other pandit, Radha herself, will narrate Prahlad for example. Why? Because Prahlad had to go through so many obstacles. As a five-year-old boy, try to imagine, your father wanted to kill you in so many ways. <laughs> huh? You can easily be a traumatized fellow forever. But no, Prahlad, Prahlad didn't have that idea. He just 
So many obstacles on a daily basis. I won't enter into the details. You know the story of Prahlad. So, but Mahaprabhu was hearing them from the perspective of Radhavav. No? She w- trying to go through all these many obstacles and hearing about someone else who is going through that experience. So you find some, okay, some empathy, some <laughs> affective empathy, not only cognitive empathy. <laughs> and similarly with Dhruva, no? he was such a young boy and went to the forest to practice strong, heavy tapasya and going through it. Very much, try to imagine a little boy. Try to imagine Radha Giridari, Christina tells you in two, three years, I'm going to the forest to meditate. <coughs> I have some, some goal in mind and I need to attain that, so I'll go to the forest. I mean, so the point is all these stories have to do with this. You know, all, so many obstacles, but so much determination to go through those obstacles. So Mahaprabhu was hearing them in the highest sense from the lens of and all the things that she has to go through and so on. So all this daily Bhagavad Kata is happening eternally there. And that's why we say Nityam Bhagavata Sivaya. Nityam Bhagavata Sivaya. Which means we are to Nityam eternally Bhagavata Sivaya. To serve the Bhagavatam eternally. Eternally means eternally. They will have that those morning Bhagavad classes in Nityanavali. The better you are ready. What's for those classes, I mean, what must it be to go to a class of Bhagavatam by the other Pandit? <laughs> and the audiences, Nityananda, Mahaprabhu, Srivas Pandit, huh? and you. <laughs> In the midst of that. Huh? And someone will say, no, go to Gorlila is not so exciting. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, just go to one of those classes and then tell me that's not exciting. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> So it is saying that in this way, Mahaprabhu will go and hear the particular daily class on Gadadhar and whatever insects came to him, then he will go to Gambira, to his own room, and do his homework there, basically. Like an actor. No, an actor will, how do you say in English, Re- do rehearsal, mm-hmm. like practice, whatever he has to perform officially on the stage. They, then after proper rehearsal, he or practice, or hearing, being taught how to do stuff, then he will enter in the main stage, limelight, and the whole issue. So Mahaprabhu, in the same way, he's hearing the Bhagavatam from Gadadhar, hmm? and then he will present the result of that Shravan on the, in his own stage called Gambira, no? his daily, his room, where he stayed. So, before finishing, one more thing I would like to share you, going back to Gadadhar Pandits before he left this world. I told you that Mahaprabhu left this, this world at one particular point, and Gadadhar remained for 11 months or so, and with some reason in particular, because if not for him, he was not able to sustain his life. This is mainly described in Bhakti Ratnakar, and it is said that he remained in this world only to teach... Srimad Bhagavatam to Srinivasa Charja. He, he knew about this, and Srinivasa Charya, along with Shamananda Pandit and Narutam Das Thakur, these three were like, if you will, the extended selves of Gadadhar, Nityananda, Dvaita, Mahaprabhu, all this eternal retinue of the Gorlila, these three were like an extended expression of them that will continue with the waves established by Panchadat, if you will. 
So it is said that, again, at this point, Gadadar was in deep separation of Mahaprabhu, totally emaciated, more and more and more and more. And he just remained alive with the purpose, Srinivas is coming. So Srinivas eventually arrives, to make a long story short, eventually Srinivas Acharya arrives to Jagannath Puri with the intention, may Gadadar teach me Bhagavat. And remember, he's the Bhagavatam speaker par excellence. And he arrives to Gadadar and he finds Gadadar in deep separation mood from Mahaprabhu, almost about to leave his body. Mm. Totally emaciated, as we mentioned. Mahaprabhu had already left. And Gadadar knew Srinivas is coming, so he was making strong effort to remain alive. Mm. Just <laughs> So when Srinivas comes, he asks Gadadar, please, you know, I'm coming here. You were, I, I know you were waiting for me. So I deeply appreciate that. Please teach me the Bhagavad. Mm. So when they went, when he goes to the Bhagavad, the, Bhagavad, the copy of the Bhagavatam that Gadadar had, which was not a printed book at those times, but was like written on palm leaves and you know the whole system is not just writing like this. You have like to, how do you say? Inscribe. Sorry? Inscribe. Is inscribe? Inscribe. You say like this? That first you have to do like to, and then you put the ink. Yeah? Okay. So that takes some time, that's the point. Nowadays you send the PDF and in 10 seconds you have the whole Bhagavatam there. But in that time there were another dynamics. So he goes to Gadadhar Pandit's Bhagavatam in order, okay, we will start the teaching. But he finds that Gadadhar Pandit's pages, if you will, were empty. There was no Bhagavatam, apparently. <laughs> And why is this so? Because it is say that Gadadar Pandit, when he used to read Bhagavatam, recite Bhagavatam, profuse tears, torrential tears came from his eyes, and the whole ink of the whole book was totally disappeared. So it seems that there was nothing in the Bhagavatam, but that was the real essence of the Bhagavatam. Again, the fullness of emptiness. <laughs> no, no. There's nothing, but there is everything there. As, we, as, as, as I were, as was reciting today, one very nice pranam mantra composed by Srila Bhaktivedakshar Dev Goswami to Sri Gadadra. He says, Nilam Bodhi Tati Sadasubirahakshipambitam Bandavam. He describes Gadadra at the shores of the ocean in Puri, in Tota Gopinath, giving his life back to his friend. In the context of Mahaprabhu being fainted in separation, and Gadadar will give, bring him back to life. How? Srimad Bhagavati Katam Adiraya Sanjeevayam Bhatiya. He will speak to him Srimad Bhagavatam. He will give him Srimad Bhagavati Katam Adiraya. Kata of the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is like Madira. Madira means wine. No? So it's like a, a wine, in the sense of it's intoxicating. And at the same time he says Sanjeevani. Madiraya Sanjeevani. Sanjeevani is like a another Vedic term of this type of herbs that bring you back to life, like in the Ramayana with, when Hanuman has to bring a particular herb and he brings a whole mountain just in case <laughs> to bring Lakshman back to life and there are some particular herbs that act as Sanjeevani, which means giver, life givers. So this Bhagavati Kata that Gadara spoke to Mahaprabhu was interestingly giver of life and intoxicating. <laughs> so due to intoxication he will faint and giver of life he will come back. But he will faint again and he will come back. Pivata Bhagavatam Rasam Malayam.
That's what the Bhagavatam said in the very beginning. During this Bhagavatam, alayam, alayam is even in a post-liberated state, forever during this Bhagavatam, which is Sukha Mukha Drava Samyutam, Sukha Mukha Dabhita Drava Samyutam, which is condensed nectar and very intoxicating, which the implication is the commentators say, but I will drink that, and it's so intoxicated. I will pass out. Pass out? So what to do? And the bottom will say, whenever you wake up, take a second cup. (laughs) 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 Do you say in English, the house invites or something like this? On the house. house. When you go to a bar and they say, on the house. (laughs) Param Parais. (laughs) sponsoring this (laughs) on the house the second one third you you faint again third one on the house (laughs) and eternally 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 you will be on the house (laughs) in the house on the house So, so that's the nature of this Bhagavati Kata Madhidayasan Jiva Yambati. Yeah, and then so let's say, say Srimad Bhagavatam Sadasanayana Shrupayanai Pujayam. And what happens when Gadadhar is, is giving this elixir intoxicating wine to Mahaprabhu? Srimad Bhagavatam Sadasanayana Ashrupayanai Pujayam. He's, as, as some people do puja, to the Bhagavatam, sometime before a Bhagavat recital, the book is there and someone will offer incense and lamp, implying this Bhagavatam is non different from Bhagavan. It's like worshipping a deity before opening the book and starting the recitation. And you offer water with the conch shell and so on. Nadada will do Arctic or puja to the Bhagavatam while reading it, but in, in a particular different way. Now, there, there was no need for Arctic plate and all this stuff. All the paraphernalia was organically included in him. So instead of offering water with the conch shell, tears will come from his eyes. No? That was the water of the of the puja. Now the lamp was the fire, the flame of his heart, and the passionate love for the. And in, in this way, every single element of the arti was represented in his own ecstatic expressions. So Sila Semras will say, in this way, he he worshipped the Bhagavatam with tears, profuse tears of love. Through Payanai Pujam, and therefore he concludes with a very poetic line Goswami Prabharo Gadhadara Vibur Bhuyadmadikatkati. May I enter into the current of that, the best of Goswami, Sri Gadhadar Prabhu. He gives this water like example, no? so many tears like cascades are coming from his eyes. And he says, May I enter that, that current forever his tears of love towards the Bhagavatam, may I enter into that current and swim there for eternity. <laughs> the best of the Goswami Sri Prabhu. So, going back to the story, Srinivasacharya finds this emptiness and fullness simultaneously in the pages of Gadadhar's Bhagavatam. There's no, there's nothing written there. It's impossible to, to read because all the ink has disappeared. But all the tears of love are inscripted there, inscribed there in the pages. <laughs> so he says, "Okay, I will. I have to get a new copy of the Bhagavatam." And again, this was not so easy. It's not just send me a PDF, send me to WeTransfer, Dropbox as quick as possible. But he had to go from Puri to Navadvip 
to, to have someone make a copy of the Bhagavatam, which again took some days, and he had to wait for that. And he knew in the midst of that, I don't know, Gadadhar is about to leave his body at any moment. There was this type of pressure in him. No? And I would really like to learn Bhagavatam from him. So Srinivasacharya remains there for some weeks waiting for the Bhagavatam, which is made, and then returns from Navadip to Puri, which again, all that takes some time. <laughs> it's a long journey. <laughs> not that long, but again, it's not a few days. Hmm? So when he returns almost running, desperate to Puri, hmm, he found that the devotees are somehow celebrating something and mourning, mourning at the same time. So he asks, what's happened? And they say, Sivadada Prabhu has left this world just today. <laughs> you can imagine, no? So Gadar Pandit left in this moment. He was not able to contain his separation from Mahaprabhu more. And Srinivasacharya was. There's. A, I will continue with a little bit of the story of Srinivasacharya in this context. So Srinivasacharya at this point becomes like desperate, no? and, and he himself falls into deep separation. So he, he doesn't know what to do with his life, basically. And he just goes running to Vrindavan which again, is not that close. <laughs> but he just goes running, whatever it takes, desperate, thinking, I'll take shelter in Rupa Goswami. He's like the, the next of like shelter that I can conceive after Gadara Pandit has left this world. Because all these different, most of the associates of Mahaprabhu were already leaving one after another. So these three, Srinivasya, Mananda, Narottam, the three of them are really drenched into this spirit of separation because may, many of them have not met Mahaprabhu personally or most of their associates but just came right after they left so try to imagine that idea you are born and Mahaprabhu just left this world <laughs> and many of his associates like this Gadal Pandi was just about to teach me Bhagavatam and he left this world in this, in this way so Srinivas goes like mad running and crying to Vrindavan from Puri with all that it took and when he arrived finally to Vrindavan trying to take shelter in Srila Rupa Goswami he finds that the devotees are celebrating something so he has what's happened what are you celebrating Srila Rupa Goswami has just passed away from this world <laughs> so you can imagine that was just already too much for Srinivasa so he just collapsed during Braj he fainted he lost consciousness said I'm totally devastated no? And it is said that after he was totally losing consciousness in Braj, when he awoke, he found himself in one special place in Vrindavan, which was in the school that Srila Jiva Goswami had founded in Vrindavan. And that Srila Jiva Goswami was the youngest of the six Goswamis, so he still was alive for a considerable period of time. And he had the school of Siddhanta philosophy in Vrindavan, Radhamadar Temple. So when he awoke, he found himself under the shelter of Silajiva Goswami, and the, and there is what he was in connection, in deep connection with his two other, if you will, eternal friends like Shyamananda Pandit and, and Narada Thakur. Of course, a whole different series of lectures should be done in connection with the three of them. That <laughs> so we won't enter into detail, but all this is connected again with Sri Gadadhar Pandit's. Uh, 
disappearance from this world. No? He, he tried to maintain some moments more alive to share hmm, what he had with Srinivas. And he shared, indeed. We, we shouldn't feel out. That's was a sad end of the movie, and Srinivas was cursed. There's nothing like that. I mean, he, he really received a deep like, shot <laughs> of, of, of Bhagavat in the form of separation from Gadadhar and all that. And he was carried by that impulse eventually to bring down and under the shelter of Srila Jiva Goswami. I mean, you cannot have a greatest Bhagavad teacher than Jiva Goswami as well. So somehow or other, the Lord worked his ways in mysterious ways or something mm. like this. Mm. So in this way, some words we wanted to share today about Sri Gadadhar Pandit, which in him in himself is, we could say, one of the most mysterious, like cryptic, confidential, esoteric um, personalities in the Gorlila, and ultimately, as we say today, the most crucial and fundamental figure for the whole Lila, whole Gorlila to be to make sense and to be successful. So today we are praying that we may receive his blessings on his Tirubab, his disappearance day, praying for a drop, a speck of dust from his lotus feet of his grace, so we may properly engage in the service of Guru Vaishnavs and develop this healthy identification with service necessity, ultimately converging into the realm with Gore, Gadhadar and his associates are there with full need of assistance and service, and we will have so many things to offer from our side for the rest of forever. <laughs> As we have been saying, Shilagadadar Pandit ki jai, So, some words. I don't know if anyone has any questions, something you may like to ask, to share. I have a question. Who is first? <laughs> we'll, go. we'll go to all of them, Sakirati. I wanted to ask you because um, I heard that in your Mangala Charan today you added some verses. Again, sorry? Did I added some verses. In your Mangala Charan today? Today. Yeah, yeah I added the one that I just explained one moment before the one that Srila Siddhar Maharaj wrote to Gadadar Pandit. Today, in the evening. Yeah, I added that mantra. Nilam Bodhi Tati Isada. The one that I explained just now, that Srila Siddhar Maharaj. That one and one more line, another one that is from the Anuchandra Goswami's called Govinda Archana Padati. It says, Gadadar Namastubyam Yasya Gorango Jivanam, which basically is I offer my pranam to Gadadar Pandit, whose life and soul is Sri Goranga. Okay, my Guru Maharaj gave me that line and mantra to also recite. I think those were the only two additions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, sometimes some new creations may come in the Mangala Chan, but I think those were, were the only two. The only ones are the classical ones. That was a question. Harichanan, you have a question? Oh, yes. Okay. I don't know so much about these matters. Maybe we sound very ignorant, but about the uh, Nitya Lila of Gauranga. Okay. In, uh, so to say, Gauraloka, um, he is Nimai Vishvambara, and he has not taken sannyas, 
and he has not met Ramananda Roy and or I mean yes they are there already mm-hmm. I mean in, in that Lila they do not meet at any point because they are already there no the Nitya Lila has not this, the chronological unfolding that we find on earth on earth the associates appear and they get to know each other Mahaprabhu is born is not a devotee <laughs> first is a pandit then accepts initiation Krishna Brindavan similar he's born from Jashoda at one point he meets with Madhu Mangal and, and you know, like different things take place on earth because the Lila on earth is more Nara Lila even that, than Golok so it shows some added features like again chronological unfolding and so on but in the Nitya Lila which is a permanent condition all those elements are already there it's not that Krishna is growing or, or meeting for the first time whoever and the same applies to the Gaur Lila you know, the dynamics in the Nitya Lila in Nitya Navadvip which is called generally Nitya Navadvip or, or Golok Navadvip if you will uh, all of the associates are there Ramananda, Swarup, all of the ones that even appear in other places outside of Navadvip on earth all of them are there in is in Narutamdas and his associates there? Yeah, for sure. So you should go. <laughs> <laughs> you must imagine how exciting association you will have there. All of them in this morning class of Bhagavatam. I just mentioned a few today. Huh? <laughs> Itananda, Srivas, Mahaprabhu, Gadadar and you, but I mean, the whole Parampara will be there. And so many others. So That must be an exciting class. Very interesting. Uh, so, uh, I was thinking this during the class, I don't know exactly how to formulate it, but um, um, does Mahaprabhu also have like the existential crisis there? And and how can he taste uh, Radha Bhava there if he has not had this dynamic with Gadadhar Pandit that they're kind of what you were talking about? Well, that dynamic is there on some level. Of course, again, Gadar Pandit is giving daily Bhagavatam classes. And it is mentioned, I'm summarizing because there are very interesting questions and they deserve a whole second Bulgarian retreat or something. We can move all to Austria and continue there if you want. <laughs> so Maharaj will be surprised, but I will be happy. <laughs> I'm coming with an extra 30 devotees, so I don't know. <laughs> but the point is that, uh, in one sense, we say that Mahaprabhu on earth was t- tasting Radhavab and he was tasting in higher and higher levels. And sometimes it is said, at the end of his Lila on earth, he finally tasted the fullness of Radhavab. My Guru Maharaj would like to say he connects that with the last verse of Sikshastakam which we know it, and so on. And Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says, this verse, commenting on this verse, Krishna Das Kaviraj says, this verse was spoken by Sri Radha herself. So the point that Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami makes is, Mahaprabhu is speaking the verse, but Krishna says, Radha spoke the verse, which means he did it. Mahaprabhu fully entered into Radha Baba and spoke this verse, and after saying that, almost... Chaitanya Charitamrita finishes. Mm. Huh? Like close, the curtain closes. No? Mahaprabhu is successful. 
Uranga Mahapuruki Jai. But the point is, strictly speaking, on another side we could say, but Radhapav is an endless ocean. So you can never taste it fully. And that's the main, we could say from our perspective, that's the main reason for an eternal Nityanabhadvip. Because in the Nityanabhadvip, Mahaprabhu is eternally dedicated to that purpose. He's tasting Radhavabh in Nityanabhadvip. It's not that that only happens on earth. And in, and, and, I mean, if you read all the descriptions of the Nityalila in Navadvip, Mahaprabhu is tasting Radhavabh continuously. So again, the project has no end. It's not that the point Mahaprabhu said, okay, now I tasted Radhavabh completely. There's nothing more to be tasted. I mean, if you say that, it's, you have no clue what's Radhavabh. Because that's constantly expanding and increasing. So he continues doing that in the in the Nitya Lila. I mean, he's doing that forever without beginning. <laughs> but when he comes on earth, that's explained in this particular way. It seems like at one point that began. It's a way of explaining something for also our benefit. At one point, Krishna said, I want to taste Radhabhav. But actually, at the same point, he's tasting that eternally, Nitya Nauda. So it's a way of showing what's the background of Mahaprabhu. Krishna wanting to taste Radhavav. So that may take the form at one point in time on earth, but that's happening at the same time eternally in Gologna. So we have have to learn to accommodate those notions also. So again, another reason to go to Niti for to Nityanavada. Very exciting prospect there. And every time there is Kirtan. Mahaprabhu goes in Radhavav to a particular Lila in Braja Lila and all the different associates of Mahaprabhu in their respective moods they travel with him to Braja Lila with him there in their respective positions of service. So in this way you enter into Gaur Lila, you immerse Gaur Lila, emerge in Krishna Lila, go deep into Gaur Lila, Krishna Lila, appear in Gaur Lila, and so on. Ask another question. Yes. Uh, which is most important or, or, or most uh, merciful, the appearance day or the disappearance day of a great personality? Well, in one sense, of course, we do not like to express in terms of this is better or this is worse or something like this. The two days are generally celebrated as much as we know of them, which day they were, and we would generally celebrate. Uh, both of them, but uh, generally a special emphasis is made is put on the disappearance day, and of course that may be even especially connected to uh, yeah, because that may evoke certain particular feelings of separation from that personality, and for us separation is the way to union, basically, huh? and also that implies this idea that they are disappearing which means they are disappearing from our side, but they are appearing somewhere else. So that's, that disappearance lila somehow is pointing to that other place where they are appearing, if you will. In the case of eternal associates, we will say they are already there, but it's a way of speaking about that. No? That they are appearing somewhere else, which is pointing to the place where we should be appearing at some point, basically after our disappearance, <laughs> if you will. If it's not in this lifetime, whenever it has to be, but it's pointing to the to the goal to attain. But of course, the two of them are 
very important. And sometimes it's not that today we chose to speak to concentrate on more on the last days of Gadada, but sometimes in appearance or disappearance of one personality when Harikata is spoken not not necessarily is a concentration of appearance or disappearance. Sometimes the glories of that personality are extolled. Okay. It seems Prashadam is about to be ready. I don't know if there is any last question before closing. Who? Cool. Yes. You gave the example with Dhruva Maharaj. Ah. But then it came to my mind that in a way his grandfather is a very special personality. So it is somehow it's another surprise that his grandson will do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my question related to it is Dhruva Maharaj had the chance to directly communicate to the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Dhruva Maharaj? Yeah. Well, as the Bhagavatam narrates, <coughs> Dhruva Maharaj in the beginning is more of an example of uh, we could say Sakama Bhakta, which goes to the forest just to take revenge. I mean, yeah. yeah. Of, of the insult he felt towards him and his mother Suniti. Uh, long story, <laughs> fourth canto of the Bhagavatam, where his his father was Uttanapada had on his lap. He had two wives, Surucha and Suniti. So he had the son of Surucha on his lap, and Surucha was the most satisfying wife to have to him. The name itself it says Suruchi. Suruchi means very pleasurable. And Dhruva's mother was called Suniti, which is very correct. Which is not that pleasurable, generally. <laughs> uh, so, so, very correct, very chaste, and the king was not that satisfied with her, on one level. So she was not biased towards Suruchi and, and her son, so she had her on his lap, and Dhruva wanted to enter, to jump into the other side of the lap, but Suruchi said, Get down from there. No, you are nobody. You know, my, my son is a favorite of the king because oh, and so on. Yeah. And Uttanapada was like didn't say anything basically. So Dhruva took that as an insult and he went in brief words to the forest and started to execute deep tapasya, but actually wanted to have a kingdom much more powerful than than but his he father. Was, he met now the morning. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Before I'm, he started, oh, I'm reaching there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, in the context, he went. He went there with that intention. I want a kingdom. He he didn't have a spiritual goal in mind. No. But eventually, Naramuni came, and he gave a mantra to him. And Naramuni said, "You want to? Okay, chant this mantra. Okay, if you want whatever you want. You chant this mantra." And he didn't say, that's me the aim, you have to... No, okay, you want that. Naramuni is expert in all the things with Mrigari and Balmiki, <laughs> all these cases. So Dhruva started to chant the mantra, Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavati Vasudevaya. <laughs> and by invoking this mantra, it is said that he was eventually purified to such a point that he had darshan of Bhagavan in the forest. But then he appeared and he touched him with the conchero and then he got old. Uh-huh, exactly. So he got purified from his mundane desire and he yeah. pr- pronounced these prayers like, I was looking, I thought I was looking for something great, it was just a piece of glass, now I realize it was the real the jewel and so on. So we could say that, yeah, and at that point Dhruva was like, 
awakened to bhakti, if you will, no? by contact with Narada, and then he had the darshan of, of so, Bhagavan and so on. So my question is related to this topic. Uh, first of all, he had like, in a way, he got a lot of recommendations. Mm -hmm. So he was able to meet the Supreme Personality, meaning that Brahma was his grandfather, mm -hmm. and he had a Vaishnava guru. Mm -hmm. And he was able to to have a direct communication with the Supreme Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but still, this means that he is somehow part of the close circle of the Lord, because he is a relative of Brahma, who is, in a way, his expression. Yeah, I mean, Brahma is a, a Sakama Bhakta at the same time. Brahma is, is considered, generally, of course, there are different yeah. things we can say. So Dhruva generally represents this <clears throat> this example of someone who is a progress how is it progressive like he's in progress work in progress in bhakta. No? So yeah. at one point, yeah, as you say, he had good connections. It's not what you know, but who you know. Yeah. So Brown was there, Nara was there, and even he was not aware of certain things. He had that's a, a point, no? Like even if you are not aware. If good connections are there, <laughs> eventually that the grace of that association will take the form that you realize that, oh, I'm no longer interested in this thing I wanted, and now I just want to to see Bhagavan again in this case. No, like all the kingdom and all the stuff is totally no. So, so it's an example for us. But of course, being uh, being a boy in the jungle and all this stuff, mainly these obstacles were the ones that. That made Mahaprabhu think, like in Radha Baba, oh, Dhruva is going through all these difficulties as a boy and accepting all this. Okay, just by the noise and the smell, I think Prasad is almost to be served, and while the plate's here, so we'll finish here. And if there are any questions, we'll. Tomorrow in the morning we have QA, right? So we continue tomorrow in the morning. Shri Gurudev ki jai, Man Mahaprabhu ki jai, Shri Giriraj Maharaj ki jai, Shri Jaganath Balaj Subhadre ki jai, Shri Gadadar Pandit Tiruvab Mahotsav Titi ki jai, Shri Bhakti Nota Kurt Tiruvab Mahotsav Titi ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Pramanand